Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another installment of Radio Vision. This is episode three. Uh, my name is John Swansong Parker, and here across the city from me, he's going to fly a plane over to me really soon, is uh, Mr. Zach Rotello. Zach, how's it going, buddy? I'm the underminer. <laughs> the the sewer king. Beware of the sewer king. Beware the rat king. <laughs> yeah, a lot of... Uh, a lot of it's always sunny in Philadelphia parallels to be made in, wow. in some of these wow. episodes wow. that we're going to talk about. But yeah, um, That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, welcome back to Radio Vision, listeners. Uh, this is our Radiovania side project. This is where we're going to be talking about television. We are currently in the middle of watching and talking about Batman, the animated series. So hopefully you are returning. And if you're a first-time guest, we have two more episodes about this prior to this episode. So you can go back and get caught up. Uh, this week we'll be talking a little news, a little bit about the episodes like we normally do, and just give you all that good, good Gotham City goodness. Um, mm-hmm. If you like the show, check out Radiovania.com. That can take you to some of our fun little videos that we've made under the Radiovania channel. So just, that takes of us, you to the, uh, the podcast feed. Well, then where's the videos? YouTube.com. I'm about to add another thing on the plugs. <laughs> Why can't they just say, here's the place, go here, spend wisely? Well, one of these days we're going to get enough money where I can actually commission someone to build us a whole website. YouTube.com slash Radiovania? No, I don't even think we have that domain because YouTube is so complicated unless you're like a big, unless you're like a big name podcaster, a big name video creator. I'm pretty sure it's just like, I'll I'll look it up. Okay, well, fuck the videos. Uh, if you want to watch them, you can find them yourself. But go to Radiovania.com to find the other episodes of the pod that'll get you in touch with any of your podcast That's devices. Right. Um, if you have any inquiries about Radiovision, such as potentially worrisome about the the news that we're about to bring up and what that could mean for fellow animated Batman fans, you can hit us up at Radiovision Show at gmail.com or radiovania show at gmail.com either one we, we read both uh and then check out the socials radiovania show on instagram and radiovania on twitter uh zach put a youtube link so we'll just send this email out to everybody uh <laughs> yeah if you want to listen if, if just you, look up radiovania on youtube it really it is the easiest way just to go to radio to youtube and search radiovania to find all of our videos you'll find us it's you'll it's, find it's, it's we're, we're you're there. smart you're smart kids out there i believe in you they know how to work the internet. But yeah, so before we talk a little bit about our episodes for the week, which as a reminder, if you haven't watched them yet, we're talking about The Underdwellers, P.O.V. and The Forgotten this week. <laughs> <laughs> POV. Um, POV. We're going to talk a little bit about some sad news. So if you listen to Radiovania recently on our pod, we talked about the collapse and demise of Warner Brothers and HBO Max and all things Discovery, Warner. And uh, something that hits close to home for this show and for yours truly has become announced recently within the past couple of days. Um, And Zach's going to talk about it. So, Zach, take it away. We're going to take it away. We're going to brief. It's like a crossover. This is like a Radio Vision, Radiovania Secret Wars here. We're going to take you to a brief encapsulated version of the news flashpoint. Um, This comes from Variety.com. Batman, Cape Crusader, animated series from Bruce Timm, J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, not moving forward at HBO Max, will be shot elsewhere. Ooh. That's right. Can you believe having the rights to Batman and not putting it on your platform? Not only Uh, having the right to Batman, but having the rights to Batman under the wing, uh, if you will, of arguably some of people's favorite Batman creator, Bruce Timm. Yep. And Matt Reeves. I mean, he he no joke. We know this. No joke. He no we joke. We know this about him. We see his bat. <laughs> we see the bat. We see the Reeves bat. We know what So up. just to, you know, just to give people a little bit of backstory, Batman the Cape Crusader was not a continuation of Batman the Animated Series. It was going to be a new, darker, noir detective closer to the roots of the earlier Bob Kane detective stories, Batman. Uh, It was never announced who was going to play Batman, although you would imagine they would probably have gotten Kevin Conroy back and Mark Hamill. Um, But it was going to be, you know, in the in the vein of Harley Quinn, more of an adult animation. Yeah, that was going to be coming directly to HBO Max. And having J.J. and Matt Reeves involved was cool because of the prospect of some of the other big screen adaptations for things that they were working on. 
J.J. working on Superman and obviously Matt Reeves working on uh, his The Batman universe. Yeah. Um, so the collaboration would have been really sick to see. It would have been a, a cool setting, a little bit different from the animated series, but still along the same vibe. Um, and yeah, and now it's it might not see the light of day ever unless somebody picks it up. So Yep. So Variety goes on to write that HBO Max has canceled six upcoming animated series, including Batman Cape Crusader. Uh, the project was ordered to series in May of 2021 with Bruce Tim, J.J. Abrams, and Reeves attached to executive produce. Uh, there's a bunch of other things on the chopping block, including Merry Little Batman, The Day the Earth Blew Up, a Looney Tunes movie, Bye Bye Bunny, a Looney Tunes musical, uh, the Did I Do That, the Holidays uh, to the, the Did I Do That to the Holidays, a Steve Urkel story, and The Amazing World of Gumball, the movie. Uh, production mm. on all six series continues uh, with plans to shop them to platforms besides HBO Max. Uh, Warner Brothers Animation is the studio for each, with the exception of The Amazing World of Gumball, which is being produced by someone else. That I don't know. I don't really care to talk about. But yeah, like John said, Cape Crusader was meant to build on Batman the Animated Series, co-created by Tim and aired on Fox Kids for 85 episodes from 1992 to 1995. This is the second project from J.J. Abrams that Warner Bros. Discovery has recently decided not to move forward with uh, HBO let let go of his science fiction drama Demimonde in June. Um, the decision not to release these series on HBO Max is part of a larger trend as a parent company Warner Bros. Discovery largely divests from kids and family content. Um... And you can go to, yeah, listen to Radiovania if you want to hear our deep dive into the breakdown of Warner Brothers Discovery and everything that's going fuck up with HBO Max. But this is, uh, we're only bringing this up in this show, which isn't a news show, just to say that, yeah, this has a very intimate connection with Batman the Animated Series, which is what we're reviewing. And uh, I'm going to be straight up honest with you, man. I think this this is a huge fucking uh, bummer because... Yeah, definitely. It's being it, they've the article says Variety reports that production on the show is still continuing. We just don't know to what extent. And obviously, there's been other rumors that we'll talk about on the next episode of Radiovania that WB's out of money, and so much so that they were only able to release two feature films in theaters this year: um, Black Adam and Don't Worry, Darling. And everything else they've had to push, including Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and then they had to push Aquaman to the Christmas of next year. Which means uh, there's still no hard set date for The Flash. We don't know what's going on over there. It's all it's all sorts of topsy-turvy. And uh, yeah, the fact that this is probably just – I, I, I want to know what you think about all this. But like for me personally, like I'm kind of in the camp where I think that this might just get lost in the shuffle. Like, no, it's uh, – yeah. I think the the animated shows are the easiest to cut, even more so than than a, a Batgirl movie and things like that, and the, and the Scoob movie, which is a bigger, high, more high profile animated movie um, with the bigger budget. I think because so little of this has been announced and actually worked on thus far that we know of, it's this isn't one of those that it's it's going to be easy to sweep under the rug. Yeah, and we don't know where they are in the production timeline because, like, yeah. It's crazy. Like Batgirl is my Batgirl's the median, right? A ninety million dollar movie that was going to go straight to streaming with a quote unquote like limited theatrical release. I think they were planning on screening it in some theaters, like probably in L.A. and New York and Chicago, whatever. Yeah. But ninety million dollars live action feature film, big name actors, J.K. Simmons, Michael Keaton. That's canned. Not seeing the light of day. Can't imagine they spent. Anywhere near that on a Batman animated reboot, this probably cost them pennies compared to a ninety million dollar feature film. Yeah. And the fact that they like won't two million tops, tops. Like I would love to know what the whole production budget for the entire animated series run was. Yeah, when they were drawn with pencils. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because like, yeah, it's just a shame, man. Because what a great concept too. Like the idea of getting a continuation, and you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. But man, the fucking poster for this. I remember when they revealed this, and it was such a pop. Like everyone was freaking out about this on social media. Like we're getting more Batman animated series. Bruce Tim is involved. Abrams is involved. Like, oh my god, it's going to HBO Max, like the premier streaming service. Like, holy shit, this is too good to be true. Turns out, it was. It was. And uh, <laughs> you know, I I'm trying to think too. It's like there's been an ongoing discussion on like Reddit, on the DC subreddit, and on the television subreddit about like where does this go. Like they're they're shopping this to other networks. Where do you see this landing? Like who's who's who is the most logical place that a Batman a Batman animated series reboot could end up? 
Well, it it can't go to Hulu because of Disney stuff, right? Um, unless they're that hard up for money. That's that would defeat the whole purpose, right? <laughs> I mean, this could be the yeah. first. We're looking at an era where there's a possibility that DC Comics as a film franchise might not be owned by Warner Brothers. Yeah, it would be pretty unprecedented because they've, unlike Marvel, they have owned all of the DC characters since like the 60s or the 70s or something like that, whenever that deal was made back in the day. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with like a with like a Paramount TV or Paramount Plus. Interesting. Just Doesn't like Paramount have some sort of tie with Marvel? Didn't they have some sort of thing with it? Because didn't Paramount distribute like First Avenger and The Incredible Hulk? This is before mm-hmm. Marvel Studios was a thing. They they distributed Iron Man. So they might Paramount might be in bed with Marvel in that respect. Like they might not want to distribute, or Mar- they Disney might see that as collusion of some kind. <clears throat> yeah, but I feel like that deal's probably expired. There hasn't been a a movie distributed from the MCU. That wasn't Marvel Studios since like 2010. Right. Well, Paramount still has uh, the right of first refusal for Hulk. That's why Marvel hasn't made a Hulk standalone movie is because for them to do that, they have to get approval from Paramount uh, because Paramount is just squatting on those rights. Uh, That's why She-Hulk is a thing and not a Hulk series because maybe could they sell it to like Adult Swim? Is that that's not Warner Brothers Cartoon Network? Uh, That's a great question. I think that's a universal subsidiary. So. But it could be wrong. Cartoon Network owner. Um, Warner Bros. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> We're going to sell it to ourselves. Can you imagine? It's like a tax write-off. They have to sell like uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, my God. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, Disney They're buys like, Rick I got a deal for you. You buy Rick and Morty, all the rights to that, Batman the Cape Crusader, and we'll throw in the Flash. <laughs> I'm imagining uh, uh, Disney buying Rick, the rights to Rick and Morty and just you and Cal cry out in anguish as they announce that Rick and Morty will be a TVG rated production going straight to Disney+. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. I guess I should have known that Rick and Morty was Warner Brothers because they were in Space Jam in the only good part of that movie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of uncertainty in the air. Um, obviously we're going to have to a lot of time to digest this between now and the next episode of Radiovania because we're going to be, we might have to do some rejiggering in the schedule. Next week is Labor Day weekend. It's going to be our fantasy football draft. We're going to be out of town. So we're already going to flub up the week, the week by week rotation here, unless we can get sneak one in early on in the next week or so. But, um, the next episode is definitely, I mean, there's going to be more fallout, man. I mean, where there is. What's the famous line from uh, National Treasures? Like, where there is... What? <laughs> Isn't there a line where he's like, where there is something, there is other things, or something like that? Maybe that I'm thinking of Planet so of the so nondescript. I don't know what to do. <laughs> where there's monkeys, uh, there are monkeys. Exactly. Where there is monkey, there is monkeys. I was going to say what we should do is we should... I mean, our next main news document pod would probably be after Labor Day weekend. Which means that we can talk about the sad stuff, which is the fallout of Warner Brothers, but the happy stuff, which is me playing The Last of Us Part 1 on PlayStation 5. I thought you were going to talk about Rings of Power. Um, that too. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And we could talk, and then you can, I can tell you about House of the Dragon since you're not watching it. Oh, did you watch House of the Dragon? I did. I watched it. The, I, I was part of the 10 million. Yeah. You just so easily forgave what they did to you. Well, listen, man. I was curious. <laughs> yeah, you along with 10 other million people would like you yeah. said. It's and I got a taste of what it was and I'm not into it. And you know, but now I know. You on the yeah. other hand are just you're taking the approach of you'll kind of wait and suss it out. Is that the plan? Yeah, my plan is is that the first episode was released to mostly positive review, like our friend group, the ones that watched it seemed to dig it. I talked to some people in my office, they enjoyed yeah. it. I'm probably going to I'm not I just don't like I don't think I like George R. R. Martin at all. Like, I just don't think I really like Thrones very much. I liked a lot of the characters in Thrones, but the story itself was just hot garbo. So maybe, maybe it's just a case of like that show being wh- exactly what it was. So um, I'm thinking like if the reviews continue to be positive, I might just let it stack up and then I'll watch the whole season sure. all in one night. Like maybe in the end of the. Not it, a bad it, bet. There's like 13 episodes, right? Ten. Twelve ep- it's ten be episodes. Like Game of Thrones. Yeah. It'll so be ten. It, 
it'll finish probably like right at the beginning of November, end of November. Yeah, around that time. Yeah, November. So, I don't know. I'm much more going to be invested in watching Lord of the Rings week to week, but sure, sure. That's just that's just the fandom. Have they I announced what day Lord of the Rings comes out? It's uh yeah the first I'm pretty sure it's the first. The f- September first. Oh wait no 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 on no, a no, Thursday no. it would be it would be Friday. So they're coming out on Fridays. They're coming out on I think they're coming out on Thursdays or Fridays. It's right it's on it's either it's on that weekend. So the real so we have She Hulk on Thursday. Rings Maybe. of Power on Friday. Maybe. And uh, House of the Dragon on Sunday. And uh, and or when that starts in September late 2nd. September is going to be on Wednesdays. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sundays for major, major um, universe installments for nerds four big franchises. Right so, Yeah, nerds yeah. eating good. They are gluttonous as fuck, like most of the people in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Batman, Cape Crusader. Let's just have like a little mini prayer circle right now. Uh, oh, Batman, who are in- <laughs> dear heavenly bat, dear heavenly Batman. Yeah. Um, we pray to the gods of DC animated properties that you see the light of day. Um, it's just weird because they've never not been able to put out at least like direct to video DC animated projects. So we'll see. And that just might be the case. Maybe maybe it just becomes like one movie and they just release it. I would be okay with that. Like if they did what they do with the DC animated films, they just like they have it release all at once. You can watch it on the streaming. The issue is, is that if they're if they're like trying to shop it to other networks while production is still in play, it's not finished. So they have to continue to spend money on it. And if Warner Brothers is out of money. They're 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 gonna be selling Batman on the street like he's like a, he's gonna he's gonna be like going down on people for like a nickel. <laughs> they're trying to make up the money. I don't understand. It's it's just oh, crazy. That's the crazy. These are tough times, old chum. <laughs> these it's just crazy. It's like the can you just imagine not having enough money to make a Batman product and put it on your service? This is the same thing I said with Batgirl. Can you imagine not having enough money to do this? It's crazy. It's, it's really, absolutely really weird. crazy. It is really weird to watch. We're watching the destruction of a company in real time. And like they were one of the biggest players of of our of our for our, in our lifetime since we were young. Like Lord of the Rings, all the Batman movies, the the Nolan trilogy, right? Weren't the Nolan trilogy movies all, WB? all Christopher Nolan movies have been Warner Brothers up until Oppenheimer. It's just nuts, man. Like Harry Potter is Warner Harry Brothers. Harry Potter, yeah, Dune, Warner Brothers. Um, yeah, when in the, when, when's that Dune two announcement coming? Well, they already started production, so. <laughs> they said they started production. That would be. Can you imagine what if, the, if they canceled? Can, they, can you imagine if they canceled it and Woo! it's never finished? That'd be vastly upsetting. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I, I'm sure. That's the thing is like I feel for the man. Like all these productions, all these productions that are like currently in limbo. People that are like they're waiting. They're waiting for the headlines because they're not gonna. They're not getting the inside track. Like they work. This is like a job for them. We're gonna know the second that there's layoffs or reductions or cancellations. It's like man, imagine going to work every day on something creative that you're pouring your heart into and not knowing if that's ever gonna fucking see the light of day. It's it's horrifying. Like it's it's so scary and you know it's an artist's worst nightmare. It is, and and the fact that like this is a whole nother tangent that I would love to do like a a topic about on the on the pod, but but like I miss two D animation. Going back and watching Batman the Animated Series has really you know sparked a, that fire back in me. Like going back to old Disney flicks and Miyazaki films and stuff like that. It's like two yeah. D animation is just so fucking special, man. And it's like the the problem. It's it's just so frustrating that that medium isn't given the love that it deserves. And I would have, I mean, hopefully. Dark Cape Crusader or whatever it was, the Dark what's what was it called? Just the Cape Crusader. Cape Crusader. I would have hoped that it would have been a traditional two D animated show. Maybe some oh, for computer. sure it was. Yeah, but they would have done some computer help with it. Um, but just that art style, man. More people need to do more work with that shit. Like, I don't know. It's it's such a bummer. It's 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 heartbreaking to be honest. Yeah. Well, 
Should we transition to talk about a show that does exist? Let's talk about Underdwellers, baby. <laughs> All right. Batman. The let's, lift that, let's lift that fucking mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is going to be fun. I, I can't wait to talk about these three oh with you. God. So our first one that we're, ta- our first <laughs> oh one that we're talking God. about is uh, the Temple of Doom. Uh, sorry, uh, the Underdwellers. And <laughs> this is written by Tom Ruger, Jules Dennis, and Richard Mueller. And it's directed by Frank, uh, Frank Power. Par. Zach, title card watch. Thoughts? I actually have them posted in the doc this time. No fumbling around. See, we're, we're, we're getting our feet. I'm like Batman year two now. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the streets are crowded even though for the holiday. But I'm here too. You got your and wingsuit all cards. ready. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's fine. I'm going to give it a give it a five out of ten. That might be Zach's feelings about the episode creeping in early. Because as we know, Zach is a very emotional fan. All right, here's our plot synopsis. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why did that have so much makes, vitriol behind it? When he hates something, he makes it known. All right, here we go. I also think that the title card is subpar, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Batman saves some youths off a train before a woman in another part of town is robbed by a quote-unquote leprechaun. Uh, it's a small being in a green cloak. Uh, pan down to the Gotham City sewers. <laughs> nice autocorrect here that says Swedes. Uh, to, you could tell I wrote this when I was so drunk. Uh, to find a child work camp a la Temple of Doom, uh, where these children are sensitive to the light and must remain silent. Those are the main rules of living in the sewers. Uh, there's a creepy one-eyed man, the king of the underground, the sewer king, and he pronounces that the children are not allowed to talk. Uh, the punishment for talking is to put the children into a box and flood them with a massive floodlight. The king sends everyone out on raids to go look for quote-unquote pretties, essentially to just go rob the citizens of Gotham and bring stuff back to them. Batman finds a conveniently labeled door to the Sewer King's domain. There he encounters a young boy whom he takes back to the Batcave. Uh, Alfred is left in charge of this young Sewer boy, and this leads to many hijinks that we will talk about shortly. The Sewer King trashes a perfectly good feast in front of all the children when he finds out that one of the children is missing and commands them to go find this missing boy. Batman is brought into the sewer by the child who is going by the nickname of Frog. The Frog Kid is all I could think about when I heard this. (laughs) Uh, Where Batman confronts the Sewer King. Batman defeats the King's alligators and chases after him through the tunnels. He eventually catches the mongrel while the GCPD help escort the children out of the tunnels and into the fresh air the end didn't really have much to go deep in on this one because uh this one is is often considered by many hardcore fans to be one of the worst episodes there are some things to discuss both good and bad but this is our first taste of one of those classic 20 to 25 episode television series where it's like they're not all going to be winners you know what i mean so zach your thoughts Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, here's what I'll say. I'm glad I didn't do any research about this episode before jumping in. I'm glad that I didn't know. Um, when you texted me after the episode was over and you said, like, congrats on getting through one of the worst episodes of Batman the Animated Series, I was like, wow, okay, so this is, like, I thought I, thought I was on Quaaludes, dude. I thought, like... It, this episode felt like it lasted an hour, by the way. And, like, I, I was like, it's still going. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? where are these kids? And and, and it, at first I was like, oh, okay. So it's like Mark Hamill's voicing a guy that's not the Joker because he's, like, lending his voice to another role. And, and then I imdb it. I was like, that's not Mark Hamill. And I was like, why does it sound exactly like Mark Hamill? It's just and some, uh, some second-rate guy. Some guy. And, yeah. God, th- dude, this episode is... I'm like, yeah, again, like, you know, I don't, I like that you said that, you know, when I'm passionate about something, I'm passionate about it, I guess. I, you know, I'm not going to apologize for being passionate. No, no, no. Um, I'm not expecting you to apologize for being passionate. I'm just saying you make your distaste for something known more than anybody that I know, even if it's not, even outside of pop culture. Like when somebody's talking in a movie or if somebody says something in a restaurant and you don't like it your face changes and you become like Mad Zack or Mad, Mad Zack Fury Road. Yeah. All right. 
Well, I'll try to be positive. Um, yeah, it was rough. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to be positive. <laughs> it was rough. No, it's not great. I mean, it is still a good-looking animated show. So from a production standpoint, it still looks the same. I don't know, man. I mean, I think a lot of it did look good. Like, environment shots tend to look good. But for whatever reason, the kids look terrible. They looked looked like they, like, the character models in the show so far have been, like, impeccable. Like, even the side characters, like, look great. But I feel like the kids just... They lacked emotion. Like I sent you that 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 photo of the end of the kid coming out of the sewer drain, and he literally there's like four frames of animation. He goes, the "Shields of the Sun," and then he goes, "Hey," <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, "What the fuck am I watching yeah. right now?" I was like, "This yeah. is this is the episode that they were like." Okay, we, Bruce, Tim, blah blah blah. We we got this many episodes, and they're like, "Ah, but there's one more week on the calendar year." would you mind like doing an extra episode? And they're like, well, we got this unused footage that we didn't like do much with. And they're like, yeah, can you make that into an episode? Couple that, couple that together. And I just felt like the plot too. This guy's looking for pretties. He's looking for, he's looking to rob people, the kids, this whole Alfred subplot where he's trying to babysit. I was like, and it also just doesn't help that I'm biased against kid children. Uh, I don't like children. Yeah. (laughs) Don't like them. I don't like, this just felt like such a departure from the show. I totally get it. You know, not their fault. I'm sure that there was some uh, tomfoolery behind the scenes where Kids WB or whatever the network was was trying to get them to fucking like just just do an extra episode or do a do a funny one, do a funny one like that we can. And they were like, oh, well, I guess this is took a bunch of shrooms and then they watched Rescue Rangers, the Disney movie, and then they watched the Temple of Doom <laughs> in the same weekend. And then they they adapted it into like a, a sewer child slave ring rescue plot. Yeah. Um, the final act where Batman is chasing him for like forever, and this guy just oh seems God. to be able to elude him because there's like twelve alligators. Oh my is God. ridiculous. Um, and, and he the eventually just eventually he too. just like catches him. He just like catches him. Like, yep. and then he's just like he's done. It's like he can't run anymore. And he just gets caught. Um. No, it's it's not good. There's there's like one thing that I really that made me chuckle, and it might have been because I was a couple glasses of wine deep, which is just Alfred opening the curtains and very like deadpan, just being like, "Good morning, Master Leprechaun." <laughs> He's just like, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" But yeah, the whole like teaching him how to behave at the house and all that stuff is just yeah, yeah, it's not great. And there's a there's a and line they handle. Now. And I'll go ahead and spoil something for you a little bit. They handle younger children in the show better with other characters down the road. I think it's just because these these kids are not characters. They're just like a conduit for why Batman should be going after the Sewer King. Yeah. Again, like I said, I don't think that this is a case where they did mushrooms or shrooms or went crazy off LSD. I literally think that this is a storyboard that got rejected, and then they were like, "Oh, we need one more episode. Let's yeah. let's use the Rat King one." Um, it was like up on the writers' board. It was like exactly, and that's the thing too. Like, imagine if this was you keep the Underdwellers idea, but instead of the Sewer King, it's the it's it's um, Rat Catcher instead sure and instead yeah. and instead of kids it's rats that go up and steal stuff from people a la sebastian sure you know what i mean the only thing is that rat catcher had not been invented yet i don't think yeah so. right there is one you know one specific thing that i do want to touch on that that breaks this episode for me that broke my brain uh watching it which is that there's a line where the kid get the leprechaun kid gets dropped off at the at the wayne manor and Bruce is like, yeah, you gotta take care of this kid. You gotta take care of this fucking kid, Alfred. And Alfred has a line where he straight up is like, "What do I know about taking care of children?" And I yeah. literally went, bloop, bloop. I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, right. "You literally <laughs> raised Bruce Wayne, the child. Did you forget? Did you fucking forget that Batman's parents were fucking killed yeah. and you raised him? Do you have dementia?" What's your problem? I was like, I couldn't believe that that was a line in in this episode. I was like, that that is that is like no one who made this episode watched anything that they've made before or knew anything about Batman. That and there's also to like that. to flash forward to one of the episodes we're going to talk about tonight as well. There's no like setup where like Batman hears about or discovers that like children are missing in the city. He's just like, 
the kids just get pulled out of the sewer at the end by the cops. And it's like, I guess we'll try to find your families. Like the sewer king mentions that the kids are like runaways. I guess we're not entirely sure though. And that's or like, the thing. It's, it's just like, like street rats. Like it's like sure homeless children or something that he takes under his wing. Which is really weird because we have another homeless episode to talk about this week. It's almost, I agree with you, it's almost like they had two ideas, they split it, they made the forgotten, and then they had to bring this one back later on. So Yeah, it, it, it just feels like a story reject. It, this needed, I think that they just were like, eh, fart this one out. WB wants an extra episode. Uh, no one will remember this episode. No one, no, no, two almost 30 year old white bearded guys aren't going to talk about this on a podcast in 30 years. Like, don't worry about it. No one's going to ever think about this episode ever again. And then here we are, bitches. You got to yeah, deal with the fallout. You made this. You did this to <laughs> <laughs> I asked for this. All right. Um, well, I don't really have much else to say about it before, but we got to stick to the routine. So, do you have a favorite cell of animation or moment? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go with ironic this. or not. Sure, I'm going to go with the 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 rat what's his name? Rat King? Rat Dweller? He's just the Sewer King. Sewer King. God, and it's generic fucking. And you made a joke of it in your in your thing, but when Batman walks up to the door and it's that giant SK and he's like, "Hmm, it's a giant SK." <laughs> Wonder who's here. And I'm like, yeah. "Fucking Batman, come on." <laughs> he's like, "This Stephen is obviously King. a layer. This is obviously an evil layer." Um, but I'm going to go with the shot when he's falling off the cliff, Temple of Doom style to the alligators. That's a good shot. That's what I'm saying. Like, it seems like this is borrowing heavily from Temple of Doom. Yeah. And um, um, but my I like, favorite, I like when he blows up the door behind the sewer King before he catches him. I just love the way that they animate Batman when they just show his eyes and it's like just, just the eyes moving. Like it never gets old for me. So sure. Yeah, and a shout out to I don't even remember what he says. I should have written it down. You might know from memory because you've watched this so so much. But when Batman, because Batman's episode, like hold, to be fair, he's but. he's holding on to him, right? Uh huh. But then he like lets he like drops off or jumps off. Doesn't Batman he's, say something? He's like, he's so like, you could have saved yourself or something like that. The he guy slips. He catches him. And he's like, give me your other hand and save yourself. And he just lets go and goes, never. And he like falls into the water. <laughs> yeah, that got a good laugh out of me. Yeah. Never. Good times. <laughs> it's like a fucking, like a bad B-movie villain. It was awesome. D, D, D movie. This is D like movie. a sci-fi movie. You know what I mean? If Bruce Wayne wasn't in this, it would for sure be a sci-fi movie. I mean, um, if Bruce Wayne was in this, this would have been in the garbage pile. Like they would have not have ever made this a thing. Now, let's end things on a little bit of a positive note here before we slap this in the dead last in the rankings and move on. I already put um, it in there. We don't even need to. Yeah, already, we, don't already have to edit it yeah we do not have to discuss it. Uh, it'll probably stay there forever. It's like too fast in those rankings. Um, <laughs> if you were to do this in a Batman movie. Wow. If Matt Reeves was like, you know what? I was watching the Batman the Animated Series and I really want Rob Pat. To be fighting a person who lives in the sewers. Who would you cast as the sewer king? Here, here, I'm gonna say this straight up. You, you know, the, don't go, don't get mad at me. Uh-huh. But this, this movie, this plot as a movie seems like some Ryan Johnson bullshit, where he's like, I want to subvert <laughs> the Batman expectations. He's gonna fight the sewer king. It's <laughs> gonna be children. Okay, so then Ryan Johnson's making a Batman movie, and he decides oh, to adapt god. this. Oh my god! <laughs> who does he who does he cast as the Sewer King? Jesus, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> I have a who does great he cast idea. as the Sewer King? Yeah, I have a great one. Can I go first? Sure, go ahead. Just just because I think it'd be funny, it would go down as like us enjoying the camp that is, you know, Danny DeVito's Penguin and stuff like that. What if Michael Shannon was the sewer king? Michael Shannon. <laughs> Can't you imagine him with like an eye patch and like oh the alligators God. everywhere? And he's I like, I will find him. Yeah, he's like, where's Frog? <laughs> I will find him. <laughs> See, I was going a little bit. I was, so it's funny that you mentioned Danny DeVito because I was thinking Glenn Howerton. 
Oh, you, you do. I love it. Yeah. You do a Dennis. big budget. You do a big budget underdwellers Batman movie, and you cast fucking Dennis to be <laughs> the sewer king with Rob McElhaney as Batman. Yeah. yeah. Or or Charlie Day. I, I, either of those guys, I can see fitting really well into this. Hey, the, the kids, they live in the sewers with me, and I, uh, yeah. you know, I send them out to the city to steal pretties and jewels. Yeah. Yeah, and stealing pretties is definitely something that Charlie would say too. Oh. So. For sure. For sure. Well, anyway, uh, we got through that one, so now we can move on. It's last in the rankings. Congrats to the Underdwellers. Yep. Listen, everyone that worked on it, thank you for your service, but you had better episodes. And you and I know that because we've already mentioned your names in previous episodes. So let's talk about POV. POV written by Mitch Bryan, Sean Derrick, and Karen Bright. And this is directed by Kevin Altieri. Uh, title card watch. Zach, it's a little dark to see, but it is a gray puzzle. That almost mm-hmm. looks like a brain with the giant letters P dot O dot V dot. So <laughs> I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a solid five and a half. It's really dark. But I love the yeah. font. Yeah. Font's cool, art deco style, very classic. Um, but yeah, the puzzle piece in the background, nothing nothing that jumps out yet, nothing to shake a stick at. Uh, I'll agree with that ranking. It's better than underdwellers, which is deplorable. This is uh <laughs> This is this is alright. <laughs> Deplorable. <laughs> all right. Uh you ready to talk about the plot real quick? Roll it, Daddy O. So here's the thing before before I dive in. This is a Rashomon effect type episode. A little bit. A little bit. So my plot synopsis might jump around in in ways, but I'm gonna try my best and we can talk about it when we actually talk about the episode. But GCPD cops uh, Montoya, Rookie, Wilkes, and Detective Harvey Bullock meet at a sting for a drug bust. Uh, Bullock is unconscious when the other two arrive and blacks out before seeing Batman on the roof of the burning warehouse. The three officers are next seen in an investigation by the police board of review to find out what happened last night. Harvey's perspective is up first when being interrogated, and he claims to have followed Batman in, but we actually see that he blew the sting by going in too early on his own, and starting a fire on accident um, when he was encountering some of the goons that were in there. We see Batman save Harvey, even though Harvey claims to the board that he was the one that saved Batman and brought him outside before passing out. When the rookie is interrogated, he claims that he went around the flank of the building when they arrived on the scene to pursue some of the crooks that they saw leaving the warehouse earlier. Uh, a car escapes from, or a car is removed essentially from a garbage truck and attempts to run the cop down, but Batman thwarts the gang, and that is trying to run the rookie over. Uh, the rookie explains different things that Batman seems to be producing from his body, almost like he has actual superpowers, but as we know, Batman, we know this not to be true. Uh, the rookie hears Batman interrogating one of the criminals from the car crash, and he makes out one word, which is Doc. And then from Matoya's perspective, we see that she entered the burning warehouse where she hears the name Hathcock uttered by one of the goons. And Batman fights off the gang to save Montoya's life as the burning building collapses around him and she escapes. All three of the cops are put on suspension from the force and Montoya deduces that the docks must refer to the Gotham docks where she finds a warehouse labeled Hathcock. Inside, she finds the gang and a tied up Batman. Batman breaks out of his bonds after the boss is revealed to be there, and this was all part of his plan. Batman and Montoya defeat the gang together and apprehend the drug boss, and the three cops are reinstated as the case is closed. The end. Cop procedural. Batman the Animated yep. Series. Yeah. So this is a little bit interesting. This is one of the one of the episodes, and there are other things like this, both in the comics and shows and stuff, where Batman's not the main character. He's like an entity that exists and we get to kind of experience what it's like to live in Batman's domain from the perspective this time of three different GCPD officers. Um, It's not one of the best episodes ever, but I actually really enjoy this episode. I tend to revisit it a lot. I think some of the like the narration that all three of them do while the animation is actually happening on screen is really funny, particularly with Harvey Bullock, who is one of my favorite characters. Uh, What did you think of the episode? It's cool. I mean, I, I love the premise. Um, you know, you described this to me going in. I would, you know, n- this isn't a dig, I promise. But um, you described it as vantage point, like the B- Batman yeah. vantage point. And I kind of wish I didn't know that because I was like, 
yeah. watching it and I was like, oh, this would have been cool if I didn't know that it was like multiple stories that were building on top of each other because that's a cool concept. Um, yeah. It's really, really inventive and really, really interesting, and especially in like a kid's show, you know, like it's oftentimes it's hard for us to it's asking a lot. take off. the yeah, yeah, it's it's hard for us to take those blinders off because we, you know, we're, we, we're watching the show as adults. But man, think about being a kid and like being exposed to this level of it, intertwined storytelling. Like it's really it's it is like you said, asking a lot for a young audience. And uh, just the fact that this show does that and doesn't treat its audience like fucking morons. I think that was my biggest problem with Underdwellers is that yeah. that felt like a, an episode of a show that was a lot less witty than that we deserve. This episode felt like it was trying to do something really grand and witty. It didn't succeed 100% of the way, mm-hmm. um, but it's really, really cool. Um, something that I, I was thinking when the episode was over and the credits were rolling is I was like, remember, remember how um, – when Joker was coming out, the the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, yeah, there was a rumor that they were gonna do like a spinoff standalone R-rated Batman movie, yeah, that wasn't connected to anything. It was just gonna be like a standalone Batman movie. I think that ended up turning into the Matt Reeves trilogy that we're gonna get, yeah. But if you were going to do an R-rated gritty Batman movie, a concept like this, I think, would actually work super well. Where Batman, like you said, is the entity. He's not the main character. You have like the seedy underbelly of Gotham fighting between each other, and then you just have this fucking monster that comes in yeah. every 10 to 15 minutes and just Like a Guillermo, a Guillermo del Toro Batman, where he's just sure. like, yeah, he's just like an, a being of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I was struck with that feeling after watching it. Really enjoyed it. Not the, yeah, not, not perfect, but really, really entertaining and uh, left me, you know, really impressed with the level of storytelling. The animation, too, in this episode is kind of what tends to draw me into it as well. Fire is really hard to animate on 2D animation without it looking really crazy. Right. And the whole fight in the burning warehouse where, like, the guy's got the drill and he's, like, trying to, like, poke holes of people with the drill. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think all that just looks really good. And that part has of the episode has aged really well. The third act is probably where it kind of falls apart for me a little bit. But when the three of them are narrating their different perspectives, I also just love the montage of the rookie just being like, and he's like, uh, sparks flew out of his hands and like the car just like veered off course and like he jumped. It's almost like he could fly and stuff like that. Yeah. It kind of just reminds me of um, uh, The Dark Knight Returns when that rookie first encounters Batman for the first time. And mm-hmm. there's the veteran guy. And they do this in The Dark Knight Rises, too, where the guy's like, oh, you're in for a good one tonight. You know, it's, it's yeah, like yeah. cops that have been on the force for a long time know what he is. Yeah. yeah. And so the the metaphor quality from this is really cool, where it's like, these are the three interpretations of Batman by the, by the GCPD. Harvey's interpretation, he's a vigilante. He's not good. He just obstructs justice. Mm-hmm. This rookie, he's this monster that is uncontrollable. Montoya sees him for who he actually is and who who Gordon knows him to be, which is obviously somebody who works above the law but can work in tandem with the law, which is really right. cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, yeah, yeah, really, really like all this stuff. And again, too, like the Montoya connection. She's been in. She was like in one other episode before this. She was in Pretty Poison. Pretty she just poison. had one line. This is her first major appearance in the show. Um, okay. And she was created in the show and then made the jump to the comic books. And obviously she's been on screen in Birds of Prey yep. uh, with Margot Robbie. Um, b- cool character. We haven't her really seen a whole lot of her. A little bit more in the rest of the show, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she'll be in more. This is, um, but yeah, this is, again, I just think it's a it's a really fun, in a way that The Underdwellers is not a fun throwaway episode if you want to even call them that quote unquote, like this doesn't have a major Batman villain, but let's still make an entertaining Batman show. This feels like Batman in the way that the underdwellers felt like again, like rescue Rangers to me. So yeah, but um, I don't really have much else to say about it. Favorite animation moment from this episode. Uh, This one's hard because I'm I can't remember a specific moment that really jumps out to me. I do agree with you. Like all the fire stuff with the warehouse burning down is really, really cool. Um, I'm gonna give my vote though to the shot of anytime they're in Gordon's office, because um, it's like the the spotlight on them and the people in the chairs talking with each yeah. other, and then everything is pitch black, but it's all like it looks like it's shot with like a fisheye lens. Yeah, it's really cool. It looks like an old like crime drama. Yeah, my favorite moment is, 
And I love when animation does this, where the cell itself is static, but there's one part of it that's dynamic. And it's the moment when the goons are drilling into the safe at the warehouse, and they finally punch through the lock, and that guy's like lip curls up and like a who how the Grinch stole Christmas like shit eating grin. It just it just looks really sinister and cool. Like I don't sure. know. I just thought I dug it really really a lot. Yeah. Here's a. Can I interject? Yeah, please. How would you feel about doing some trivia in these? I love trivia. Yeah. Because I was looking up the trivia for this, trying to see if there was anything like anything about. I don't even remember what brought me to this page. Um, but there's general trivia information that's located on like the fandom Batman animated series wiki. Um, this is the first episode of the series where Batman does not appear out of costume. Pretty cool. Which kind of like Matt cool. Reeves. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, that's it. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, no, but that's fun trivia, though. It's fun everything else like on this things. is kind of lame. I thought they were going to be cooler trivia facts, but. The name of the boss is never revealed. Does that come into play later in the series, I'm guessing? Or is this just like not the one-off? Re- not that I can remember. We don't even really see his face. He's just like this monocled, mustached villain with a suit and a top hat. Very, very 1940s gangster. Or like right. uh, the guy at the beginning of The Last Crusade. So do you! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Well, uh, you wanna you wanna slap this thing in into the standings that we have. Let's so far. do it. Should I reread the standings now or? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and um, read us what we have so far. All right. So from worst to best, we have number six, Underdwellers. Number five, On Leather Wings. Number four, The Last Laugh. Number three, Pretty Poison. Number two, Nothing to Fear. And number one, Christmas with the Joker. I know exactly so, where this goes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Tell me what you think. I say this goes in at number five and pushes on leather wings down to six. You read my mind. So far, so far, we are pretty much right in sync with a lot of these. I was gonna say I think this this actually ages a little bit better than on leather wings, but it doesn't have like the gravitas of some of the fun that happens with some of the supervillains. So, but yeah, I also I totally think the agree. style of on leather wings is just really really cool. Yeah. Right on, man. Okay. Yeah, it's just a really excellently done episode. So for sure, well done. All right, you ready to talk about the forgotten, and then uh, we'll land this bat plane. All right, the forgotten, written by Jules Dennis, Richard Mueller, and Sean Derrick, directed by Boyd Kirkland. Title card: Watch. Uh, this is my favorite of the night so far. Yeah, I agree. It reminds me of The Great Escape a little bit, just like black and white animation good stuff um it's just barbed wire you know and we'll find out why in a second Mm -hmm. all right plot synopses homeless people are disappearing in gotham bruce goes undercover in gotham city streets to investigate he is jumped by two goons offering him quote long-term employment and is hit on the back of the head bruce wakes up in a chain gang camp with amnesia where the camp boss throws a fellow inmate in a box directly in the sun to cook Bruce discovers that other inmates are homeless people or people who volunteer at the Gotham rescue mission that he was visiting at the beginning of the episode. Alfred notices that the car that Bruce took is missing and tracks it down when he realizes that Bruce has not returned home from his nightly adventures. Uh, Bruce has a stressful dream of his life as a billionaire playboy philanthropist, as well as images of his parents and wakes up with the amnesia being gone. The following day, him and his inmate friends get thrown into the box after a prison fight. Alfred finds the car at a junkyard and places a tracker on it. Bruce regains his memory in the box when his fellow inmate screams, I've lost my family, as he's going crazy. This, of course, triggers, as anyone knows who has seen Batman v Superman, Batman's (laughs) complex feelings about his parents. Uh, (laughs) Batman leads a breakout attempt through the canyon outside of the camp where all the goons follow. Alfred flies the Batwing to tracking uh, to the tracking beacon for the car to hone in on it and spots Bruce in the valley. He lands the plane and Batman gets his gear, dons the cowl, and confronts the prison boss and the rest of the gang in the gold mines. Uh, Batman dispatches all the goons in the mines and then eventually ki- captures the boss. Bruce sees to it that his friends are settled back in Gotham once they're home with their friends and family and offers some of the homeless people from the camp jobs at Wayne Tech. The end. 
Shawshank Batman with amnesia. <laughs> Here's the yep. thing. This, the villain, the boss, I do not like. The concept of Batman going undercover with the makeup and the disguises, they do that a lot in the comics. And um, I do enjoy that quite a bit. I love when he just is like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to dress up like a homeless person and just like see what's going on in the street. And they actually do that at Matt Reeves. Like he's walking around in like a hoodie and driving yeah. on motorcycles and stuff like that. So I love when he takes to the streets there. Of the two people gone missing episodes that we've talked about tonight, this is clearly better than the Underdwellers. Yes. But still, I would not say a, a top-tier Batman the Animated Series episode by any stretch of the imagination. Um, no. The Alfred hijinks with the Batplane is very much like Saturday morning cartoon stuff. In sure. all actuality, he probably would have crashed that thing before he left the Batcave. Oh. Flaming um, pile of wreckage right into a children's hospital or something. Like, yeah, I- you, you think that the Bat computer would just be like, yeah, you're not a pilot. You're, you're not allowed to fly this thing. But... um. You know, whatever gets the job done at the end of the day, I guess, is what's important. Here's what I will say. This and the Underdwellers, kind of a pretty dark concept about people being, like, kidnapped and forced into, like, slave camps for children. Pretty interesting to, like, think about. <laughs> like, sure. you talked on our last podcast, the main Radiovania show, about how, like, you hate true crime. And you think that it's, like, why would you torture yourself with hearing horror stories? Like, imagine if we found out about homeless people getting kidnapped and working in gold mines. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty crazy. Crazy yeah. stuff. Very dark. But, yeah. I, I, I've said about all I really need to say about this episode. Do you have anything you want to add to it? Yeah, I I didn't like this episode very much. I think it's it's a way better than the, the whatever, the underdweller, the underminer. Uh, what the underminer. Was. Um. Yeah. It's just a weird concept. Like, I I liked a lot of things that happened in it. I thought the thing with the thing with Batman, like he's in the he's he has amnesia, but he finds like it, he gets that vision of like his family, and there's that Joker shot, which is fucking the titties. Yeah. But to get that to that, really you cool. have to you have to sit through fifteen minutes of him. I didn't really think I mean I like the idea of Batman dressing up and using theatrics to like learn stuff and be a detective. Doesn't mean I really want to watch him be a homeless person. It definitely doesn't mean that I want to watch him be a homeless person and lose his memory and then just be like, well, I guess this is my life now. And he's like <laughs> he's like hitting stones and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And I'm so glad that I didn't know this this is a great review uh series that we're doing here because I just know so little about this show um that yeah. every week is a surprise like every I'm week actually I've... i don't think i'm gonna tell you about anything going forward no, in the way don't. that i told you about pov for this week because i think just hearing about especially the ones you haven't seen just being like i don't know what this is about at all and just watching it i think it's gonna be really funny yeah um my main there are my... some that have titles that will give away what it's about sure but, you know that's fine yeah uh, the biggest positive I'll say is that I definitely think that there's some really good animation in this episode. Un- unlike yes. the Underminer, where the Underminer is a bad story with bad animation, like where there was like nothing really cool to look at. At yeah. least this episode, even though it didn't have a super, it, it had a terrible villain. That guy is that guy's like straight out of fucking a young adult. Dukes mom. of Hazard or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he reminded me of the bad. He reminded me of like a bad guy that would be in like holes. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, major hole vibes in this for sure. I sure. like the music in this episode. It reminded me sure. of Red Dead. Yeah, yeah, lots of harmonica, lots of strings and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, the visual style looked really, really great. I, it's dark too. Like the idea that they're putting people in hot boxes too. It's like Jesus fucking Just letting, Christ. That guy was like losing his mind from like no, heat exhaustion. Please, no, no, and they throw him <laughs> in the thing, and I was like, Jesus, God Almighty, you're yeah. roasting this guy alive. Um, but yeah, the, where where all that stuff succeeded, I thought the 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 narrative just really fumbled, and I I didn't I didn't particularly love any of that stuff. But at least it didn't have any cringe worthy stretch like ten minute stretches of bullshit that Underminer did. At least this episode had shit happening. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. So I liked it. Didn't love it. Think it was sure. very good, but um, very good animation wise, but story wise, just. Yeah, did do what I wanted it to do. And you speaking, could do so much more with that concept. Yes. Batman having amnesia and like, yeah. it's just so it's too complicated. The story's too complicated. Batman dresses up like a homeless person to 
see about disappearings, gets amnesia, goes to the place where there's the disappearings, as is a homeless person, works with the homeless people, gets his memory back, takes down the crime boss. It's too complicated. Like <laughs> they could have simplified this way more and made it a little bit more mainstream. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know. It was it was okay, but that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Thank you, Forrest. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of some of those good animations, favorite favorite moments or cells of animation from the episode, I have two. You already mentioned one, so I'll let you talk about it a little bit later on, and I'll do my other one, which is. Something I mentioned earlier in this in this podcast, Batman fighting the goons in the cave, where the only sources of light that they have are their like lanterns and flashlights. Oh yeah, and I forgot he's about just that. like hunting them down inside the cave. Looks really cool. Again, yeah. using that black paper to to excellent effect. So that's probably my favorite. Yeah. Visual. Uh, yeah, and big sh- yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that because I totally forgot about it. But yeah, that whole sequence is really really cool, and it culminates at the idea of like he drops like whatever he's the bad guy's holding, and it lights the kegs on fire, and that's when it transitions to like you see color again for the first uh-huh. time, yeah. and it's a really really cool transition. It's a really really awesome use of the animation style there. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm guess I'm guessing the other cell that you want to talk about is the Joker moment, the um, Funhouse mirror, I'm- the Jordan Peele's Batman. Yeah. Obviously, uh, me watching that episode, especially after watching the other two episodes and watching the whole Underminer, getting to this episode and seeing that moment was very much like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in. Uh, I was like, here, yeah. here, here. And I was like, <laughs> there oh. he is. I was like, John's dick's gonna get hard. <laughs> there yep. it is. Yep. Uh, it was great though. It's so fucking cool. Just the idea of the funhouse like stuff. Arkham Knight. Like, yeah very very cool and the way that it transforms as he grabs him and then pulls him down and it's it's just a very complicated shot i can see them like the animation people like seeing that storyboard and being like how in the flying fuck are we going to animate this shit um but they pulled it off it looked great right on man Uh, yeah that that scene is really cool like the just you know you use my you use mark hamill's joker's laugh to haunting effect and you fucking you got yourself a returning customer right here so no worries no if and you got or yourself an erection <laughs> hey oh popping off all right <laughs> uh you want to slap this in second to last do we have any contention about that Ooh. do you like this more than on leather wings no i'd probably put this second to last too yeah i think you you mentioned something the complexity of the plot when it could have just been batman gets amnesia Sure. It's probably, you know, probably what knocks it down a peg, whereas on Leather Wings has a very streamlined plot. He's just trying to find a man bat. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, cool stuff, though. But I agree. I think the animation, you know, you can see them kind of hitting their stride a little bit here. So, yeah, for sure. Cool stuff. All right. So then our rankings thus far for uh, through our third episode of Radio Vision from worst to best. The Underdwellers, The Forgotten, On Leather Wings, POV, The Last Laugh, Pretty Poison, Nothing to Fear, and Sitting at the Top Still, Christmas with the Joker. Yeah. Um, really quick before we navigate away, trivia for this episode. I'm going to read through these and see if there's anything Please. fun that you want to you wanna yeah. point out here. Uh, for The Forgotten, this is the first episode where Batman is shown to be captured on screen, albeit out of costume. The previous episode POV shows him captured, but it's strongly implied that it was part of his plan. Yep, it's the first time he's slipping. He's slipping. <laughs> Alfred makes a brief reference to Juan Rodriguez Cabrillo, who claimed what is now San Diego for Spain. Oh my God. These are reaching. <laughs> these are reaching. I'm going to yeah, have to edit this. <laughs> yeah. This is the first episode to feature Alfred away from the Wayne Manor. So this is the first episode where he's not chilling at the manor. Very cool. Um. These are terrible fun facts. Get your shit together, fandom. I'm, I'm not using you again. We're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fine tune this segment for the next time. Oh you my fuck god, me, fandom! You fucked me. Don't fuck me again, fandom. <laughs> this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Oh jeez. All right. Well, that concludes our in reviews for this week's episode of Radio Vision. Zach, thank you so much for diving into this. This was, um, you know. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. This was a tough stretch, <laughs> but we got some we got some fun ones coming up in the next couple weeks that I can't wait to to dive into with you. So thank you for uh, being committed to the pod and yeah. and sitting through these. At least they're yeah. only like 20 minutes. 
Yeah, that's the thing is that I mean they go by quick unless except unless you're underminer where I literally like I said I felt like I was taking quaaludes where every time I looked at, I would like move my fingers to see where the voodoo line was and it moved like half an inch but it felt like it had been an hour and I was like oh my god uh, am I taking am I taking some sort of medication right now um, but yeah what a weird stretch these three episodes back to back to back like it's yeah. really weird that they just go back especially like because it's bookended by two episodes with kind of similar plots similar vibes and aesthetics yeah. yeah it's 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 really weird like i mean um yeah i'm curious to see what the next three are what happens well, after this so funny you should mention it for our listeners if you want to get caught up before our next one our next three episodes are be a clown two face part one i'm into it face part two Woo! so we have our first two-parter in our next episode for our three-episode stretch, which is going to be really fun. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to talk to you about Two Face Part One and Part Two. A classic. Be a clown is also great, as you can imagine. Um, so yeah, our next episode of Radio Vision is going to make up for the Underdwellers for sure. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, if you like the show, check us out at radiovania.com to find the other pods. Head up YouTube and look for Radiovania if you want to check out some of our films and things that we've made. You can send inquiries and tell us how much you also hate the Underdwellers at radiovisionshow at gmail.com. And follow us on the socials, Radiovania Show on Insta and Radiovania on Twitter. Zach, thank you so much. Do you have any parting words for the children of the sewers? Ah, uh, Jesus. I mean, do better. <laughs> do better, man. Do better. <laughs> do better. You can do better with your lives than fucking following the Rat King, man. That get out guy. there, get a job, you know, quit stealing pretties. You know, I mean, but, I'm, I'm trying to imagine the Underdweller episode if, if fucking, like, what if, like, fucking, uh, like, Todd Phillips directed that movie or whatever? It's just, like, <laughs> the Underminer's just, like, absolutely abusing all these children and, yeah. It, and Gary Glitter starts playing as the kids are escaping. There's, <laughs> there's definitely a uh, <laughs> in a dark black label DC Comics or R-rated version of this. That guy's definitely a pedophile. But a hundred percent. I'm gonna say he's a pedophile in this. It's canon. <laughs> no one has that many children. Can I spoil one I'm thing? I'm gonna finish. Zach? Yeah, go it, for it. It'll make you happy though to end it on a positive note. We never see the Sewer King again. So. <laughs> really okay so that was gonna be my i should have brought this up earlier is he a character that comes up in the comics at all or was he created just that for this episode? my friend is a great question and i have no idea let me look do a little bit of research yeah let's let's do a little bit of live research we already here. finished the show this is all bonus thank you for supporting our patreon if you supported our patreon this is part of the bonus episode <laughs> welcome to sewer cast welcome to, <laughs> welcome to sewer king cast episode the show where we talk all about the sewer king but we just talk about him in low voices Sewer King Batman. Sewer okay. King Batman. You're the first person to search this in 1996. He has his own page on Batman fandom. Uh, he's okay. a villain originally created for Batman the Animated Series. He's a minor foe of Batman. He's a staff-carrying, sewer-dwelling villain with an army of <laughs> runaway children. <laughs> that, God, should be your that should be your Twitter bio. I fucking love the internet, dude. That is so funny. He's a staff-holding children chasing. <laughs> oh, here's a fun trivia for the Sewer King. You ready for this? Yeah. The Sewer King shares his name with a character from the animated series Hey Arnold, though the latter debuted after this first appearance. Remember hey, hey Arnold, Arnold debuted after this? And well, the Sewer King in Hey Arnold debuted after debuted this. After yes. Weird. Mm-hmm. That's weird. So, <laughs> oh, I forgot about this. We didn't talk about this in the show. But uh, when Batman catches the Sewer King, he's like, I'm attempted to deal with you myself for what you've done to these children. Yeah, oh so that God. was that was a dead giveaway, too. Yikes. Yep. Um. Oh, here we go. So this is the answer to your question that you asked. Like Summer Gleason, Harley Quinn, and Lockup, Sewer King would later be adapted into DC's mainline canon during the nineteen or during the fifty-two storyline, which oh. was a weekly DC publication leading up to the new fifty-two in the year two thousand and six and two thousand and seven. He featured in one issue. 
So here's the big question is what's first appearance of Sewer King going to net me on fucking. <laughs> I'm going to get you that. I'm going to get you that for Christmas for sure. <laughs> How much you want to bet that that's actually selling for some money? Hold on. First appearance. First appearance of, of Sewer, Sewer King. King, right? That's his name. Sewer King. Yeah. So funny, dude. 52 was wild. They don't even they don't even have it breaking down what what issue he is on here. Villains. Oh my god. He's not even in the list of villains. What if he was like he dies? Dude, straight up, I searched first appearance of Sewer King on Google, and the first thing that comes up is a comic book called Return of the Sewer King, but it's a Hey Arnold comic book. So the Sewer King and Hey Arnold's probably like a big deal. I mean, it's selling for four dollars and forty eight cents on eBay, so it can't. No, be that but like he he was in the show and he's in the comic books. Clearly, you know. Yeah, but the Sewer King and Hey Arnold looks like a fucking Sewer King, DC rat comics, child. Fifty two. Oh Jesus Christ! This is gonna take us forever to find this. Thanks, thanks for listening. All the bonus guys. No, oh, yeah, this is all bonus episodes here. Everybody's enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Remember, go to Patreon. Go to OnlyFans.com slash Radiovania and find <laughs> We should set up an OnlyFans. That would be funny as shit. Batman the Animated Series OnlyFans? Yeah. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they don't even... This is this is how much no one cares about this guy. I can't even find what issue of I 52 he's in. Find it. I yep. would have to read all of 52 and let you know. That's, That's crazy. crazy. He yeah. looks he looks like Matt Murdock though. And the image of him in this comic book panel is him getting stabbed in the back bleeding out on a table. So that leads me to believe <laughs> that he's dead. So shout out to you Sewer King, you're a legend, uh, and so are all of you Radio Vision heads out there. Thank you for stopping by. Join us next time, same bad podcast, same bad podcast. Feed oh. beautiful. <laughs> Stumbled right to the end. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.